Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. Since the last time uh, we had the episode, uh, we talked about the firing of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So here to help us kind of find out maybe a little bit more about how that all went down is Chad Graff from The Athletic. So welcome back to the show, Mr. Uh, Chad Graff. Thanks so much. It's good to be back and uh, good to see things are going well. Yeah, Uh, hopefully they uh, go well for the Vikings moving forward. Uh, I think it's safe to say no one was shocked by the departure of Mike Zimmer. Um, but people were definitely shocked by the Vikings' decision to fire Rick Spielman. So why do you think the Vikings ultimately, ultimately decided to you know, fire Rick Spielman instead of maybe move him into a different role in the front office? I think that's something that probably weighed pretty heavily on the Wilfs in the last month as they thought this through. Um, I think they knew that they were going to fire Mike Zimmer if the season ended as it did without a playoff berth. Um, That part was kind of set in stone. And then I think they wrestled quite a bit with what they should do with Rick Spielman. Um, This is a guy that they have a good connection with. They talked to on an almost daily basis for a decade. Um, Somebody that they grew fond of, got to know his family, became, you know, pretty much friends with. And so I think their instinct was, let's find another role for this guy. Let's find another job. Um, And then as they, I think, in the final few weeks of the Zimmer-Spielman era, started to dig in a little bit more at what was going wrong, what was going to need to change, um, and also just, you know, kind of doing some back channeling. Hey, if we have an opening, and we're not saying we are going to, but if we have an opening, what would your client think about coming to the Vikings? As they started to go through all of that, I think they realized, A, you know, they probably needed a fresh start just from a culture standpoint, um, you know, regroup from the top. But also, B, it might have been a little bit challenging to 
bring on first time GMs to be working for a franchise where a GM of a decade plus was, you know, depending on how it was structured, potentially your boss. And you would be, you know, if you thought that the roster needed some major changes, you would be making changes to that guy's roster that he spent his whole life's work on. Um, You know, you're basically an office away and potentially blowing up that guy's roster, getting rid of or cutting people that, you know, Rick Spielman traded for, drafted, signed, whatever. So I think there was the potential for awkward dynamics, which the Wilfs eventually recognized and decided may have been too much to overcome. For sure. I think you talk about, you know, awkward dynamics and you could, you could look at maybe what Andre Patterson and, and Adam Zimmer probably faced on a daily basis when trying to do stuff with the defense. And then Mike Zimmer's probably like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, you could probably see a similar situation if they brought in the new GM and Rick Spielman's in the front office, like, nah, you probably shouldn't do that. And it's like, well, <laughs> why'd you bring me in here for um, but I do think that his departure does open up maybe a lot more opportunities uh, for the Vikings to get a head coach. Cause I've seen a lot of different candidates kind of want to bring their own guy or bring in someone they would prefer to help them succeed more. But talking about Mike Zimmer, do you think he would still be around if he was more, I guess, of a, a player's coach, like someone like an Andy Reid or a Kyle Shanahan or even a Mike Tomlin? Maybe. I think there's more of a chance for it. I do think it, you know, the biggest reason for the downfall isn't the culture or right. not saying hi to people in the hallways. It's <laughs> missing back to back playoffs and three out of four. That, you know, is point A. But B, I think, you know, it, his style did wear on people. I think two things are not undeniable. One is he is a very good coach. If you look at his win percentage over his time as a head coach, he was definitively a good coach. He was definitively um, a great coach, you could say, on third down defense and in a lot of aspects on defense. And while the defense faltered in the last two years, um, if you look at who they drafted, they went from hitting on a lot of picks in the um, in the draft, especially on defense in the early years of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, to they really haven't hit on anybody on the defensive side of late, especially not the high picks like Jeff Gladney and Mike Hughes. Mm -hmm. Um, If your biggest success is Armin Watts, I think that's (laughs) probably not a great sign. So um, Mike Zimmer was a very good coach and also his culture, um, his way of things has a tendency to just wear on people. And after eight years, um, I think that the guys who have been around for a long time were kind of close to over it. And, and that contributed, even if missing the playoffs in three or four years is the main reason. Yeah. I just, I think he might've not maybe adapted as well as he, as he probably should have with he's been, cause he's been there for what, eight years and people are going to change the way you do things going to change. And I feel like guys like maybe Andy Reid and, and Sean Payton even have been able to adapt to more of what, you know, the, players needs are i guess uh you could say but do do some of the reasons for zimmer's departure as far as you know the way he did things make you think that the vikings will maybe shy away from some of the head coaching candidates or who are more known to be you know more brash and in your face for example uh eric Bieniemy. well it's interesting because so typically um at least from what we've seen around the league gm's owners often sway 180 degrees the other way, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's 
a young offensive coach to go to an older defensive coach, or in the rare instances when you go defensive background to defensive background, like the Vikings did, uh, it's going from Leslie Frazier, like ultimate people person, mm -hmm. uh, very good with that to, you know, perhaps the opposite in Mike Zimmer. So uh, part of me thinks that would be the case just because that's only natural. But the reason why I don't think that's necessarily um, going to happen is the GM is going to have an, a, a good amount of say in who the next head coach is. And that GM won't be coming, you know, with any perspective on Mike Zimmer or feeling like, hey, we got to do something different from Mike Zimmer. So I think because of that, um, if there is a coach that the next GM thinks is very good and the, the right person for the job, I think that they would get it even if they had a brash personality or a background in defense. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Cause they're not gonna, they haven't been around Mike Zimmer or someone like that. And so they're, they're going to go with the guy who they think will do the best, which is what you want. Um, all right. There have been some names thrown around, you know, recently as possible head coach can candidates, but you know, who are some of the guys maybe you, you know, have been hearing about that, that could be in the mix to be the next Vikings head coach. There's two I keep coming back to, and you know, this isn't to say that they'll be the final two. We're a very long way from the finish line. Interviews haven't even happened yet. There's no GM, but this early on, the two names I keep coming back to are uh, Doug Peterson and Eric Bieniemy. Okay. Um, first, Peterson, uh, the Wolves were very, very impressed by the firsthand look that they had of him right. in his great 2017 season, culminating with the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, for all of the ways that that job ended and the problems that Philadelphia had that ultimately led to his dismissal, um, I think there's, there's just no way you can knock that 2017 season where he took Carson Wentz, a guy who has not been very good since then, made him an MVP candidate. Then he gets hurt. Then he takes the backup, Nick Foles, a guy who just lost a starting job to Andy Dalton, takes him... <laughs> Uh, not just doesn't miss a beat, but makes him the Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, that job he did was so impressive. Um, I think he'll have some hard questions to answer, including about his relationship with Carson Wentz, his relationship with the front office that ultimately um, drafted Jalen Hurts and, and all of the issues that came with Wentz and Hurts and everything following that. Um, but the guy can coach um, that yeah. 2017 season was very impressive. The Wolves were impressed by that. And then the other one, the uh, enemy, just so impressive what the chiefs have done. And mm -hmm. I know that it's very easy to discount the enemy's skill set or involvement because a Patrick Mahomes is, you know, seems like he's from another planet and mm -hmm. Andy Reed is long established and very good. But I would just say two things. One is that, Eric Bieniemy has coached some of the best football players of the last two decades. Um, he was the running backs coach when Adrian Peterson was here, uh, obviously worked with Patrick Mahomes. And yes, those, you know, were two first rounders and guys with a ton of skill before them. But uh, there are a lot of coaches who go an entire career without coaching people of that caliber. And Bieniemy still brought the best out of them. And then two, um, he was an associate head coach with the Vikings, which I right. think a lot of people overlook. He was so well thought of in the building that 
he got promoted from running backs coach to associate head coach. That doesn't happen. Like if you look around the league, there's almost nobody who gets that promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Will thought highly of him. Childress thought highly of him. Adrian Peterson thought highly of him. So, uh, you know, those are, I guess those are the reasons that I keep coming back to those two names. Yeah. And they've both been on teams or staffs that have won a Super Bowl, So you can't, right. you know, that's the ultimate goal and they know what it takes to, to get there. So I think those are, yeah, those are two guys that should be in the mix for sure. Uh, but do you think the Vikings can maybe take a chance on maybe a younger coaching candidate like 49ers uh, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel or, or Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon? Um, or do you think they would like to just hire someone who's already been a head coach already? I think they would certainly be open to a much younger coach. Um, the Wilfs are looking at this. They've told many people that they kind of envision the Vikings as being the Steelers or the next Steelers. They want to find their Mike Tomlin and be done. You know, they are, and this is a great credit to them because as we've seen with other franchises like the Miami Dolphins, um, it pays to have ownership that is hands off. I think one of the best things, if you're a Vikings fan that Mark Wilf said when he was talking about firing Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman is we know what we don't know. Um, he said that when asked about what they were going to do with Kirk Cousins, essentially saying, we're hiring football people to make football decisions. We're not going to come in and say, this is what you have to do. Um, this is how you're going to do it. They're going to hire people that they think are right for the job and then let them be and get out of their way. So if they think a you know young coach who may not have the experience that Eric Bieniemy or Doug Peterson does, uh, I think they would certainly be open to that. Um, including, you know, as they often think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin didn't have the super long resume when he got that job. And clearly that has worked out for Pittsburgh. So, uh, they'll do, I think a lot of interviews and I don't, I don't think they're going to pigeonhole themselves into any one type of coach. Yeah, no, I was thinking that too, that they're just gonna, they want the best available, whether that person has experience or not. that that doesn't matter if they think the guy can do the job and be there for a while and keep the Vikings successful for a while, then they're going to go with that guy. Um, what going back to the GM, what do you think um, some of the qualities of the next Vikings GM, you know, what, what, what do you think they're going to be looking for in the next Vikings GM? Well, so I think it, it's got to start with culture. I think that, you know, while we mentioned the wins and losses as being the number one reason for these dismissals, they want a change in the way things are done. Players are different. Um, players expect to be treated different than, you know, players of previous generations. And so it's got to start with that. I think, you know, a lot of people caught on to Eric Kendricks's quote about mm-hmm. um, not wanting to be in a fear-based organization. And he's a guy who chooses his words very carefully and wouldn't um, let something like that be said if it didn't uh, mean what it obviously seems to mean. And so Brian O'Neill too. Brian O'Neill, another very well-spoken guy Mm -hmm. who who talked like that and about that. So I think a lot of it has to start with culture, being a people person. Uh, They talk about leadership a lot. I think that one's pretty tough to define. I don't know how you um, walk away from a Zoom interview and be like, you know, that guy is a leader. (laughs) Uh, So I think that's a little bit tougher. I, I think that this whole GM search is also tougher just from the outside because we, 
um, fans, reporters, everybody, we have seen these coordinators, other coaches, the jobs that they've done, the jobs they haven't done, what they've done well, the schemes that they've run. You know, we, we've seen them. We haven't seen these assistant GMs behind the scene and stuff yeah. like that. So it can be, I think it's harder to say, I definitely want that person or I don't want that person. Um, so I think it's good that they're casting a wide net. Yeah. Um, if you're doing this job properly, you're only hiring a new coach and GM once a decade or, mm-hmm. or even more seldom. So this is your chance to get to know people around the league. This is your chance to hear from 10 different smart people about what they think of your roster to get an unbiased look at everything. So even if you think you might know who you want to hire, cast the largest net possible, get as many different opinions as you can. And worst case scenario, all it means is you get to know more people around the league, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. No, I think it's good. It's a, it's a good way to find maybe the next head coach without even interviewing them. Is if all these people, all the potential GMs come in, they name like one or two guys. Uh, each of them name like the same one or two guys, and you're going to be like, okay, we got to give these two guys, you know, more of a look and a, a serious consideration. So it will be interesting. Do you think they'll have? When do you think they'll have someone pick uh, GM wise by so by the I, end of the Super Bowl? Yes. For sure. I was thinking maybe even earlier than that. I think that they'll have a GM probably by the end of January and then hope to, I think, move pretty quickly on a head coach from there. Historically, um, teams like to have their head coach lined up before the Super Bowl. It's a little bit harder when you need both a GM and head coach, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll move quicker than perhaps people would expect maybe by the end of January for GM and then another 10 days or so for head coach. Okay. Last question for you, Chad. Is Kirk Cousins the starting quarterback for the Vikings in week one of the 2022 season? Man, this is one I've gone back and forth on (laughs) so many times. Um, I think, you know, we'll obviously know more depending on who the next GM Mm -hmm. and coach are. But, uh, God, I've I've gone back and forth so many times. (laughs) Right now, I'll say 51% over 49%. I don't think he will. Um, The more I've talked to people, I think that there is going to be a trade market for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, People keep pointing to the Alex Smith trade and the fact that he got basically two third round picks. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. His cap hit is definitely higher than Smith's. Mm -hmm. Um, But if the Vikings are willing to take on, so he's got $45 million cap hit in any trade, they have to take 20, uh, they have to take 10 million of that meaning the other team would have 35. Right. If they're willing to take on 20 to 25 million of that cap hit, which is a very big ask, but if they're willing to take on that much money, 25 million say, and then Kirk Cousins goes with a $20 million cap hit, I think they could get a first round pick back. And if you can get a first round pick back as you're starting over with a new head coach and a new GM, that gives you two first round picks. You'd have the flexibility at that point to, if you hate this quarterback class, drop back, let somebody else move up. If you like somebody, um, two first round picks gives you the ammunition to go up and get who you want. So I think just the allure of potentially having two first round picks this year uh, with a new regime seems too valuable to pass up to me. And so that's why I'll give a slight um, favor to Kirk Cousins not being the quarterback in week one. All right. It's going to be a fun next couple months for the Vikings. Lots of uh, lots of things that we haven't seen for the franchise in quite a while. So uh, it'll be 
kind of some new experiences for everybody. Um, but uh, that's all I got for you today, Chad. So where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Chad Graff on Twitter. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, for subscribing to The Athletic and all that. Uh, this was a ton of fun to join you. For sure. Make sure if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, go and do that because I'm sure Chad and uh, Arif are going to have lots of good stuff coming out the next few weeks and and months leading up to free agency and the draft. So uh, go check that stuff out. Check this podcast out on the Apple Podcast app. Subscribe on there and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.